0: All right, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line, and let's catch up with our good friend Kevin Ives. He's at auppl on Twitter. Playing his been parking lot. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. Hate that we couldn't talk over the last couple of weeks, but but hope you've been enjoying some good baseball, and hope you're doing well.
1: I'm doing well, and yeah, I have been enjoying some good baseball. Um, you know, college baseball and Auburn baseball is in full swing. Major League Baseball just started, um, so it's been good. I know it's been a busy. Uh, it's been a couple busy sports week with the uh, NCAA basketball tournaments and uh, started major league season and everything else is going along. Spring uh, Auburn spring game and stuff wrapping up um, and spring practices. So yeah, I completely understand. It's been kind of a, a whirlwind when terms comes to sports in, in April and um, you know into March.
2: Yep. well, Kevin, let's dive right into uh, into Auburn baseball this weekend. Uh, they get one of three from Florida, but. Uh, the elephant in the room is that Auburn bullpen, um, and just your thoughts on it. I mean, they're they're obviously having some struggles, especially when you get deeper into the bullpen.
1: Uh, they are, and I think a little bit is that there's just some lack of depth and a lack of experience is really kind of hurting Auburn. Um, you know, you'll get some guys back. They did have a, an unfortunate injury on on Sunday that kind of limited it, forced them to go back to Drew Nelson, um, who had a great midweek start against uh, North Alabama. But you know, maybe kind of pressed them into service a little bit quicker than they wanted to, Um, and you just kind of just see a lot of guys that um, are trying. They're trying to find something that'll work. They shook up the rotation this past weekend, um, starting Jordan Armstrong and starting uh, or starting John Armstrong and um, starting moving Tommy Dale to that Sunday role, um, and then moving Will Cannon from basically the closer position uh, to a Friday starter. Um, And it kind of worked a little bit. Um, You know, they got that Friday game. Will Ken had a great outing. Uh, Tommy Vale was pretty good. was decent in his outing on Sunday. Um, Armstrong kind of struggled a little bit. But um, I think at this point, you have to understand that with the pitching staff, is they're going to find something that works. And so um, it'll be something where the coaches just are going to – they're going to go with what they can trust, um, and they can hopefully have some guys kind of step up, maybe get some guys fully healthy. You know, we're still – waiting on guys like Tommy Sheehan and Joseph Gonzalez to come back. From injury, I think they they mentioned that that Sheehan may be coming back pretty soon um, or maybe ready to go pretty soon. It's unknown about Joseph Gonzalez. Um, And so you kind of just have to figure that in. You're going to take your lumps. On the bright side, Auburn's offense has really kind of turned a corner now that it's back at full strength with Cooper McMurray and uh, Bobby Pierce back in the lineup. Um, And so the offense is there. The offense can kind of Handle what it needs to be, but like you said, it's going to be a situation where you just got to get out. Um, and that Sunday game was a prime example, I think, of uh, you know, Auburn just gave up too many free passes. They get too many batters, give up too many walks. That's what eventually would we'll come back and, and bit them, um, you know, and kind of led to a little bit of collapse after, you know, going up 8 3, and you think everything had kind of turned in your favor, and you kind of held Florida back at bay. Um, and then you you really can't keep a team like that down and give them all those free passes and uh, you kind of saw that you know you, you saw the end result with that um, but I think on a positive note I'm always going to focus on the positive stuff it's stuff that'll be worked out and it's stuff that'll be figured out um they're gonna go with what works and they're gonna sort of emphasize the things that they're going to be successful at and try those multiple times um, instead of maybe trying something new or maybe try to um, working a separate pitch or, or something like that. They're going to trust their gust and, and kind of work on, um, the scouting report, go on that, on what they can expect from hitters, um, and kind of go, kind of play to everyone's strength and pl- try to play matchups a little bit. But overall, I mean, you, it is disappointing that you did not take the series and you were in position to kind of take that series, um, and get a big road upset. But overall, grand scheme of things, Right now, just taking one from four is really what you need to do, and that's what Auburn did.
0: And that was going to lead me to my next question, Kevin, is like big picture. I understand that these three losses over the course of the last two SEC series have been very lopsided losses with a lot of runs allowed. But big picture, you take two of three from Georgia, who figures to be bottom half of the league, but then you take one of three, at Florida, who's one of the very best teams in the entire country. Three and three feels kind of like what the expectation would have been. Do you feel pretty good about the, the three and three overall here in the last two series?
1: I do. I mean, you kind of really, I think overall after three SEC weekends, the only thing I'm, I, that I think is kind of behind schedule is Auburn was not able to take a game from Arkansas that first weekend. Um, I think really big picture and, and going into uh, SEC play. Um, You just want to try to avoid being swept and uh, win series at home. And so far these past two weekends, Auburn has done that. Um, And it's going to continue this next weekend, which is going to be a huge weekend, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, leading into A-Day and Easter weekend and stuff against Texas A&M, a team that that Auburn really needs to take the series. They they pretty much have to take the series from A&M. And they're going to really help themselves out when it comes to the pecking order in the West because outside in the West, outside of Arkansas and LSU, you really have kind of those, those four teams that are bunched together um, and you want to try to get as much distance as you can from Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, um, and Texas A&M and, and kind of let yourself kind of feel good. I mean, we're Auburn's only, only, only going to play, I think, one, two more SEC East schools. Um, you know, they're going to play Missouri, which started off hot and just kind of faltered. And, you know, South Carolina is absolutely red hot right now, um, but for Auburn, the the main goal is not get swept uh, on the road, maybe sneak in a series win, um, and then win all the win the series that you can at home. Um, and so that means having that big series with LSU coming up on a Cinco de Mayo weekend, and definitely taking care of business against teams that you need to, and taking series from A and M, Alabama, Ole Miss. Um, and kind of make yourself – give your, put yourself in a good position, um, you know, heading into the SEC tournament.
0: And I did want to mention those SEC stains a little bit. I know we are still basically just a third of the way – uh, into SEC play, but there are a couple surprises, and you did mention the positive side of things with South Carolina just being red hot right now, but also, as you mentioned with the West a little bit, I'm very surprised Ole Miss is just 1-8 in the league. That was one of the higher-ranked teams earlier in the year, and then even to some degree, I know it depends on who you play, but, but Texas A&M was, was pretty highly ranked at 1.2. Do you feel that those two teams in particular are kind of destined to have disappointing? Years or are they still kind of sleeping giants that could turn it around at any moment?
1: They're still, I mean, they're still SEC teams. They're still good teams. They are still teams that, just like Auburn, went to the College World Series last year. Um, they still have really high-level players, and um, any weekend is going to be is going to be basically a roll of the dice in the SEC. It's just going to be who's hungrier and who kind of executes better. Um, it's not something where you can look at the record and say, oh, Ole Miss does not won an SEC series, so that should be an easy series for us to take. No, you can't do that at all. Um, They're still – Ole Miss, they're still a really good team and they're really well coached, um, and they have a really solid core that they've kind of built around. Um, And so, yeah, you can't take any of these teams for granted and kind of overlook them. When you do that is when you honestly end up like what happened to Tennessee in that first weekend against Missouri, where they kind of overlooked Missouri – and it came back and bit them in the butt, and it got swept. And now they're digging out of a hole themselves. So you, you cannot take any of these weekends lightly. They're all super important. They're all super big series. Um, and it, it's really something that you kind of have to take it weekend by weekend. And if you do have a setback, then that just means the pressure is going to be on you uh, for the upcoming weekend. So you just kind of got to see how it plays out. Um, and especially, too, you know, you're going to play in Ole Miss, which is going to be tough to play um, later in the year. And, and so, yeah, you can't overlook any of that stuff. And A&M, like I said, A&M is going to be coming in here. They're going to have a little bit of momentum because they took the series from Ole Miss. They think they may have figured some stuff out. Um, you know, they kind of went two – that means they went two and two this past week because they lost to Texas in their midweek. Um, but they're still a really good team. They're still a team that's going to give Auburn headaches. Um You know, And it's a team that Auburn Auburn just has to play, has to just fix itself first, and everything else will kind of fall into place. They don't really need to worry about what the other team is doing. They just need to, they can see what issues need to be taken care of um, and what they need to focus on and clean up. Um, And when they do that, then everything's going to kind of settle itself
0: out. Let's talk a great individual here. uh, As Auburn has hit 39 home runs this year. 14 of them are off the bat of uh, Bryson Ware. How locked in is he? How much fun is it to watch him as he's replacing the power numbers? We I mean, we watched something special and sunny to share, and I know he's not drawing some of the walks that the share did and that sort of thing, but I mean, Bryson Ware in the power department is right up there with anybody.
1: He really is, and he's really come on late, um, and he's really become a reliable force uh, when it comes to his extra base hits and home runs. And Auburn doesn't have really great power numbers if you look across the league and you compare them um, to some of the other schools. Um, but Bryson Ware played in that full-time role um, and being an everyday guy, I think it's given him more of a chance to get more at-bat, to be more comfortable in his swing. Um, and it's not just the fact that he is hitting home runs. It's when he's hitting them. Um, you know, it's the fact that he is just a dangerous hitter and he's helping Auburn kind of be more formidable on offense. Um, and he's, he's kind of filling those numbers in. He's kind of, you know, filling that part of the stat sheet um, and making sure that it's not all – he's not the only guy that's doing that. He's a guy you might not would expect to have that many home runs and to have that type of power, and he does. I mean, physically, when you look at him, you, you don't think that he's going to have those power numbers, but he just has such a good swing and such a, um, a good ability to focus on the ball that when he makes contact, it's going to be good contact uh, that he's able to hit the all field and send them out most of the time or a good number of the time.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and along with him, another guy that has just been uh, on a tear is a uh, freshman, Ike Irish. Uh, how fun is that kid to watch?
1: He really is fun. And he, you know, he got a uh, big home run um, on the Friday game against Florida, kind of set that tone really early when he hit his home run. Um, And I think he had another home run against North Alabama. His power is starting to come up a little bit. You know, for a while, I think he hit his first home run um, this past weekend uh, or the weekend before uh, against Georgia. And so I think as his power starts to develop more, um, it's going to give Auburn even a a better kind of one-two punch for the two of them with him and and Bryson. The best thing you can say about Ike, I think, is if you watch him play, it's not something that really you kind of see from his performance on the field, it's how he kind of um, carries himself and how in tune he is with the game. If you ever watch him, and you're not watching on TV because you're going to cut to a bunch of cameras, but if you kind of focus on him, um, wh- even when he's at bat or when he was playing first base a little bit, um, he is in the game. He is absolutely kind of He's always talking, communicating. If he has a bat at bat, um, he is telling the guy behind him like what to expect, what to kind of look for. Um, you know, he's very kind of in tune. You saw a little bit of that too when he caught for the first time, um, I think in the Georgia series. You kind of saw that where he uh, there was a situation um, to where he was kind of asking the one of the one of the, the opposing team. I forget which game it was. What the opposing team was trying to do a challenge, and I kind of knew that they didn't really have any more challenges. Um, it was kind of confused, you know, as to why they were still being allowed to have a challenge and stuff like that. Um, and he's just really He's really competitive. He's really fun to watch. He's a guy that, you know, you're going to have three more, two more years of after this. Um, and you kind of can watch him kind of develop even more um, and kind of get those those accolades. He'll probably get a, um, I would assume he'll probably at some point get a, uh, maybe a Cape Cod invite or a good summer ball invite. Um, but he's really fun to watch. And hes he's really someone that you would kind of expect in his position that, you know, as a freshman having such a hot start that when they reached SEC play and opposing teams have a bigger, better book on them, that his numbers would kind of go down. You've seen that with other kind of freshmen over the years. But with Ike, it hasn't. It. They've, they've only either increased um, or stayed the same, and they were already at a high level. And so the fact that he is playing at this level as a true freshman um, really kind of, and, and also where he came from, he was coming from Michigan, kind of shows you a little bit of what Auburn is. Having to do when it comes to recruiting, kind of find these guys that um, are a little bit of diamonds in the rough and kind of know how they'll, um, their skills will translate into SEC play. Um, and so you got to credit, you know, guys like Carl Nunnemaker and, and most of the recruiting guys to find him, number one, to bring him down. And the fact that he's been so impactful on day one um, kind of shows that, you know, he is ready and he's going to be more of an everyday player and a guy that, you know, little kids are going to want to come to watch and make sure they, they try to get an Ike Irish ball signed and stuff like that.
2: This is Kevin Ives at Plainsman Parking Lot discussing Auburn baseball. And, uh, Kevin, lastly, uh, this weekend, um, a, a big weekend for Auburn. You're you're a huge, uh, maybe not a bigger Auburn baseball fan than you, but uh, this weekend, how important is it that Auburn's going to be honoring uh, Frank Thomas with the, the statue at Plainsman Park?
1: I mean, it's, it's absolutely huge. I mean, you, you still have to understand the fact that, it, and it's something that Auburn can hold its hat on, that you think that of how good SEC baseball is, um, and how, and the, the, the players, the names of players that have played in the league, and the fact that Auburn has the only Hall of Famer who played in an FCC school right now, and that's Frank Thomas. Um, and he's been such a great ambassador of the game and ambassador of Auburn. Um, you know, when you see him on TV when he does the color commentary and stuff or the studio stuff, um, he kind of has, uh, he's become more of a, a name and more well known. I mean, he had a great career with the White Sox. He's, he's one of the, those last few guys that kind of spent their a big bulk of their career with one team and kind of um, was known at that. I mean, there's not. I mean, I can only think of two baseball players outside of him that um, had a video game that that bore their name. And so, being able to honor him um, and kind of add to his legacy, kind of build that part of the park, um, and to like remind people that. You know, Auburn, Auburn is not just a football school. You know, Auburn is a, is a school that has really good football, really good basketball, baseball, women's basketball, all sports. Um, and being able to kind of honor him and um, kind of remember like his legacy as a player, as a professional player, um, you know, those teams that he played on um, and coached by Hal Baird. I think it's a really good, it's a really neat deal. Um, I, I just hope the weather kind of. <laughs> Uh, plays nice that Saturday, um, but it's something that's going to be there forever. And it's something that's going to, um, you know, that that's really going to be neat and kind of add to the aesthetic. And it's good to honor him. And it's good to honor uh, a player of his stature that, that has done so much for the game of baseball in general and for Auburn baseball in particular.
0: Yeah, we do need to have that rain stay away. On Saturday, I was looking at the forecast earlier, and uh, not looking ideal, but uh, maybe Frank will will hit the clouds hard enough away uh, to remove him from Plainsman Park. Kevin, the The time... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: The only thing I'm sad about with Frank Thomas is the fact that he used to have, a couple years ago, he had his own beer. He had Big Hurt beer.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) And he came down, I remember meeting him, because he came down to Auburn to basically shield the beer. Um, and was handed out free samples. Not the best beer, but it was good enough. Um, but they don't make it anymore. I'm kind of sad about that because I always thought that was neat that you can get, like, Big Hurt beer. Um, they had it at Kroger. They had a big, like, Frank Thomas display. I wish I would have grabbed the display before they um, threw it out. So, yeah, that's that's one thing I, I am a little sad about when it comes to the legacy of Frank Thomas. There's no more Big Hurt beer.
0: Oh, man, that was a good play on words there, though. I, I wish I would have made it just just for nothing else. That was a... A good name. But, uh, Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. At AUPPL on Twitter, P is Plainsman Parking Lot. Kevin, hope you have a great week. Appreciate the time today, and we look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Thank you, guys. Talk to you later.